You are Locked On Hawkeyes, your daily podcast on the Iowa Hawkeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Hawkeye Nation, to a Thursday morning episode of the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast, your daily podcast covering your Iowa Hawkeyes on the Locked On Sports Network. As always, I am your host, Andrew Wade, and tonight is the first round of the 2021 NFL Draft, and tonight's episode, or today's episode, I should say, is entirely draft-focused with our friend, Nick Kendall, and today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. And like I was saying, today's episode is entirely draft-focused. We're going to get into half of the Iowa football players, and then we're going to finish it up tomorrow with Nick Kendall on part two, covering the other half of Iowa football players with no Iowa football player expecting to be drafted tonight. We thought that was going to work out pretty well. Um, and as Iowa football players do get drafted, we'll make sure to be covering that right here on the Locked on Hawkeyes podcast. And again, Nick Kendall, he's a friend of the show, been on plenty of times. Uh, one of my favorite draft analysts covering the draft and also just a big Iowa Hawkeye fan. So he watches all these players and knows what they bring to the table. So with that being said, let's hop into our part one of our preview of the 2021 NFL draft covering all of your Iowa Hawkeyes with Nick Kendall. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I am joined here by a longtime returning guest of the show, Nick Kendall. Nick, it is a pleasure to have you on, man. I know you're really busy with draft season, but as always, we love having you on to talk about Iowa prospects. How are you doing tonight? Yeah, I'm doing pretty well. It was fun to talk pets a little bit before we got into that. And uh, <laughs> we're both dealing with the moving of houses. So it's uh, crazy times. But man, I am so happy the draft is finally here. It's been such a, a marathon this year. I feel like everything, especially covering the Broncos, everything is intensified because of the quarterback situation. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm excited. I'm a little bit bummed. We don't have as many top end Hawkeyes to talk about this year, but uh, that's okay. It's still going to get some guys drafted. I was just hoping we could keep that uh, first round. Uh, streak going but uh probably not going to happen this year it looked good it looked good starting uh late december i was like well shoot we're gonna have davian nixon going and then uh steadily dropping i think it's less about steadily dropping and more about people are realizing kind of where his value actually lies but um yeah same thing i mean the draft season has been very weird this year just not having top end Iowa prospects to talk about. And I think Davian Nixon, some will say is a top end prospect, but uh, more of a day two um, type of prospect. So definitely interesting. We're going to get into all of that though. Uh, Nick, you are a draft guru. You love the draft. You're a draft junkie. You cover it on mile high huddle, correct? That is correct. Yeah. Dang. So make sure to go check out that stuff. Are you ever going to have like a draft board? I do. I have a top, I have a top 50 and I have okay. my first mock draft coming out whenever my boss gets to it. But uh, seven rounds and uh, for Broncos. A seven round Broncos oh, for the Broncos. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not like Dane <laughs> Bugler doing something like crazy, but uh, still, it was like three thousand words, and uh, it's pretty, pretty good endeavor. Yeah, no, you got to check out Nick's work. Does a phenomenal job, especially for all of you out there who love the Hawkeyes and the Broncos. But Nick, let's get into the uh, the crux of the business today. We have several Iowa Hawkeyes who are going to be drafted. The first, the first one we want to talk about is Davian Nixon, though, and mm-hmm. he put together a phenomenal season. I understand why he left early makes sense capitalize on um such a uh, such a great season but a lot of iowa fans are concerned they're wondering why is he dropping so much because at the beginning part of draft season early part of january you were i was seeing him in a lot of mock drafts in the middle to the end of the first round now we're starting to see him anywhere from middle to second to middle to end of third i want to get a sense from you of to why you feel like he's been dropping the dropping the last three months really 
Yeah, I mean, it's a few things. Uh, number one, it's just the one year of tape, really. I mean, he did play 2019, but he was mostly a backup. Uh, that's one thing that you have to put in there. And also the quality of uh, opponents. I mean, he didn't do very much against a team like Wisconsin or uh, some other squads. He did a lot of work against some pretty poor offensive lines, such as you know the Northwestern game specifically. I think Michigan State was also not one of his best games. So there is that. And there also is some off-field concerns with Davion Nixon as well. I know that this past year, it seemed like everything was pretty good there. You know, he's taking scout key, scout team snaps at quarterback and out there, I mean, million-dollar smile, but uh, hasn't always been great for him. It was uh, Bob McGinn who's been connected to the NFL f- for years and does a piece every single year where he releases stuff. Um, but he had uh, this quote today, um, and he said uh, Nixon would go around three through six, and it's because uh, executives oh. from three teams said that he had been removed from their draft boards because of off-field concerns. Four other teams indicated they had modest to major concerns surrounding Davion Nixon. Um, so that, obviously he was a guy who had some uh, questions. Sorry, the dog is going. Summit. <laughs> You're totally fine. I honestly can't even hear him, man. Okay, good. That's good because he is going to town on yeah, the computer no, he, right now. He's totally uh, fine. I actually can't hear him at all. <laughs> okay, good. Good to know. Um, so, uh, yeah, no, Davion Nixon, uh, those are concerns. I have heard some things about him in regards to an incident with a theft in the Iowa locker room. I think that was spring 2019, but don't quote me on that exactly, but that's a concern. But, uh, you know, he's an older prospect as well. That's another thing where he being raw while also being, I believe he's going to be 23 this cycle that can push a guy down Um, on the field. You see him get a lot of production, maybe not at the guy who is the most scheme versatile, Also, you don't see him taking on blocks. He's more of a penetrator right now. Uh, Not so good at anchoring and uh, filling in gaps. He has the length for it. He has the frame for it. It's just not fully there yet. So uh, I'd have no issue based on the tape taking Davion Nixon, especially if you're looking for a three technique, maybe a five technique that's doing more one gapping stuff in the top 75. Uh, But the off field stuff, I mean, there's there's concerns there. So, uh, you know, we'll see how it is. And obviously he had the years where he didn't go to Iowa because of academic stuff, but uh, He's going to have to answer some questions off the field, it seems. Yeah, I mean, that was that was a phenomenal breakdown. I mean, I've been trying to tell people that a lot of it was down to the fact that his tape is, did have a drop-off, as you mentioned, right? You go in the latter half of the season, you get into a Wisconsin game, the tape isn't as good into that, especially then you look at the fact that he doesn't have a lot of game film, but those character concerns can definitely knock a guy down the board. And especially a position like defensive tackle, um, I think it's, it's important to kind of talk a little bit about that position and, and how valuable that position is in today's NFL. Uh, you're typically not drafting a defensive tackle over a premier defensive end or a premier cornerback or a quarterback. And definitely that position I feel like slides quite a ways down the list, right? Would you say it's probably one of the bottom, bottom half of the positions in terms of, of value in the draft? It really depends on what your scheme and what you're trying to run. I mean, if you need a good interior defensive lineman, Uh, then you probably do want to take them round one, but it's very much a developmental position, right? Where guys, even though they're in college for a while, they're going to change, their bodies are going to change, their technique is going to change over the first two years in the NFL. And uh, Nixon, you know, he's not like a 20-year-old out there. He's going to be 23, 24. I have his age right here. Uh, He is going to be 23 this upcoming season. So a little bit older, not crazy old, but a little bit older. And uh, that kind of just puts him behind that developmental curve as well. But again, Interior pass rush is at a premium. If he passed the or any sort of uh, character concerns off the field, I'd have no issue taking him day three because you need guys who can get after there. You need to invest in the defensive line. I mean, I'm sure there's plenty of Vikings fans that listen to this program. You see what happens last year when your defensive line goes into the toilet. I mean, the whole defense integrity 
implodes. You can't have that. You need to invest in that. So that's, I, I would still vouch for Davion Nixon's tape. And he, if he doesn't stop the run the best, he's not, maybe not too gapping the best. Okay. That's I'm, I'm very much an advocate of pass game wins in the NFL. If you can get after the quarterback and disrupt the quarterback, he's going to find a spot. Absolutely. Yeah. That's a good, that's a good call out. All right, y'all, I'm going to quickly pause the conversation with Nick. I hope you are enjoying it as much as I did. I need to tell you about rockauto.com, though. It's a family-owned business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for all of your auto and body part needs from hundreds of manufacturers. They literally have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate, and you can quickly find all the parts you need, the prices you prefer, and the specifications you absolutely have to have. Like I said, the prices are awesome. I saved $50 by going to rockauto.com and I had the parts shipped directly to my door. So right now, save some money, go to rockauto.com and see all the parts available for your car or truck and write locked on in there. How did you hear about us box? So they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com. All right, we're going to get back to the show with Nick. I did want to tell you that we did hear from the coaches yesterday. We heard from Liddell Bett. We heard from the new offensive line coach. So we've heard from a couple Iowa coaches yesterday. Um, I didn't get a chance to listen to the full interview and break it down here. But again, I already had the NFL draft talk covered. Um, so definitely there's plenty of amazing Iowa Hawkeye sources out there that you can get some information if you want to hear about what they said. Otherwise, I'll try to break down some of what they said on next week's episode. The NFL draft, though, is tonight, which means we are covering the draft only on this show. So it's all draft focused all the time today and tomorrow. Let's get back to our conversation though with Nick Kendall right now. You mentioned defensive line, uh, defensive end Chauncey Golson, probably mm-hmm. the second highest rated player of all Iowa Hawkeyes in the draft boards, depending on who you're looking at. Amir Smith-Marset sometimes up there a little bit too, but Chauncey Golston, um, where do you see his best fit in the NFL? Because he slid a bit inside at Senior Bowl, um, had some solid reps there in Iowa's NASCAR package. He also was able to slide inside, um, but he seems like a more of a traditional 4-3 defensive end, but I wanted to get your sense for where you feel like the best fit for him is. I would love him to go to his team in a scheme that is mimics the uh, New England Patriots, where it's much more based on the coverage. And if you have four guys who can play with gap integrity and rush in the passer, they're not really the finesse rushers. They're not the speed guys, but they're heavy handed. They're long. They're going to control their gaps and they're going to break in the pocket slowly and surely and let the coverage win out. And that's somebody I'd like him on. There's plenty of Patriots defenses across the NFL, uh, but a team like Miami or new England, of course, I think he'd be a great fit there. Really long, a little bit high cut, not the most twitchy guy, but same with defensive line, even more so for edge rusher. You need horses there. And because it's such a sub-package league in the NFL today, the fact that Golston can play some seven technique, he can do some four eye, he can maybe even do some three technique. I wish he was a little bit heavier below the belt uh, for, for that kind of stuff. But in pass rushing situations, dime looks, I would have no issue with him. And that versatility is going to be key for him. And uh, I don't think anybody's going to outwork him too. I mean, he was either like two-star or like no-star recruit. Yep. And uh, he's outperformed his uh, expectations people rave about his work ethic uh he's a dude i would i'm i would love to get him i don't care what scheme you're running because you're going to run so much four defensive lineman looks in today's nfl with nickel and sub packages that you're going to find a spot for him even if he's just rotational he's going to provide some value yeah i'm looking it up right now he was a three-star prospect ranked the 857th prospect in the nation so not a very highly rated recruit at all um and actually only one offer it looks like so, yeah, not a very highly rated recruit coming in. Um, would you say Chauncey Golson has 
possibly the highest floor of any Iowa Hawkeye prospect coming into the draft cycle this season? Hmm. That's a good question. I, I think I would have to go with Nick Neiman just because he's an linebacker and therefore offers special teams ability like Golston, how much special teams looks you're yeah, actually going to get with him. Um, so I'd probably go with Neiman, but uh, in terms of like a mix of like the floor, the work ethic, what you're going to get, I, after Nixon, Golston would be the guy that I'd pound the table for. I think he should come off the table pretty early day three. Yeah, I think he should be in one of those 120 to 140 range. Yeah, I would argue. I mean, he's probably the one of the most consistently rated people in terms of Iowa football players. Um, the board is all over the place. And you look at the rest of the guys between Alaric, Amir, uh, Davian. But Chauncey has been very consistently in that very late three to early to mid four range for most most draft scouts that are out there um, going yeah. on to Amir Smith Marset. He's a guy mm-hmm. who has been, isn't he's a, I would say he's probably draft Twitter, you know, kind of a, a draft Twitter favorite. I see a lot of people on draft Twitter, pretty excited about Amir Smith Marset. They see the kick return ability. They see some of the, the speed and whatnot. And obviously you see some of his testing and you think that's pretty darn solid. He does have some off the field issues um, that you have to be concerned about. You also have to worry a little bit about his frame. And I think I've heard you say a couple of times, I wanted to get this, down for sure his lateral quickness overall on the field doesn't appear to be as high level as you would expect for how fast and quick he is straight line is that accurate or no yeah you just don't really see him have the ability to throttle down and you you know you don't want to put an unfair lens on him but you see somebody like jerry judy watched him a good bit this last year at drop issues like amir smith marset has as well playing through contact playing over the middle that's another conversation but jerry judy's ability to start and stop on a dime and to create separation in the short or intermediate parts of the field because of that uh, is it's a totally different universe dimension than what you see with Smith, Smith Marseille. You don't see him have the ability to start and stop on a dime, the ability to sink his hips and uh, change his weight and direction. He's much more of a linear one speed athlete. And when that gets going, that's great. Um, But it's a, it's something that because of that, you know, what is his role going to be like, how versatile can he be in an offense? I mean, you're going to find use for speed, speed kills in the NFL. And at worst, you'll, you know, you'll have somebody who can do uh, special team stuff for him. But I think that the, you know, there's questions and also I have questions. You saw him play Z and slot for Iowa, but going over the middle, making tough catches, you know, if you're not creating separation, which, you know, he's, he's creating separation vertically, but it's not so much in the horizontal area of the field, unless he's just running crossers. Uh, you're going to have some contested catches. There's going to be some tight window throws in there where you're going to have to come down with it. And it's not that he can't. I mean, sometimes you saw, like, I think that Iowa State game. He had a couple really good catches, yeah. but he also has some very inconsistent drops yes. as well. Yes, and that's one of those things about the weight. You worry about that. I think he he weighed in something weird for the pro day. Uh, I think he almost looked like 180, which, you know, okay, how much water did you drink the night before, buddy? Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think he probably played closer to 160, 165 this past year. And I also think he ran slow because of that too at the Iowa Pro Day com- compared to what you'd expect from him. Um, but, uh, you know, he's somebody you'll get a ch- he'll get a chance in the league just because the speed does kill. Um, the maturity is something also you have to question. He's somebody that uh, I've heard – still has some growing up to do. doesn't mean it can happen. I mean, when I was a 21 year old kid, I'm not, I guess I'm not that much older, but when I was 21, I would definitely say that I have some, some growing up to do compared to where I'm at now. I still have a lot of growing up to do compared to where I'm at or where I'm at right now, but uh, that's something to worry about as well. It's just the, the professionalism that comes with it. Yeah, no, I I completely understand that. Um, Yeah. When I actually had him on the show, Two months ago and I asked him about his 40 time, what he thought it would be. And he's like, Oh, it's going to be good. And so I was in, you know, kind of 
feeling it out. I felt like he thought he was going to run a, a mid four threes. So running the four, four, three, not bad, but I don't think that was up to par with his expectations. As you said, maybe a little bit of extra weight on his frame. Um, and I have a four, four, seven officially for Iowa. Four, four, seven. Yes. Okay. So then as far as where you feel like he's going to go off the board, there's a couple factors into this, right? You have the straight line speed. Again, speed is a huge thing. If you look at the, you know, Los Angeles, Las Vegas Raiders, they draft speed probably way too high or they used to in the past. Amir Smith-Marset has the off the field issues, and this is a very deep wide receiver class, a very strong wide receiver class, especially for what Amir Smith-Marset does. Where do you feel like he goes off the board at? I could see him go off the board from round four to round six. I don't think he's going to sneak into the back end of round one. Now, granted, it could be if the uh, man, if the off field stuff is worse, then he could definitely fall. But um, that's something where speed kills. This is a wide receiver league nowadays. Teams need four or five guys, and Smith-Marset could bring an element. And as long as he's running, like he's shown and also having special teams ability, somebody's going to take him, but I would say around four to six, I mean, shoot the average there round five would be my best guess, but uh, <laughs> you know, that's, that's an interesting aspect. And I, while he does not play really at multiple speeds, I feel like he can throttle up pretty well. It's he's a, he's a nine ball guy or, you know, but it'd be yep. like a slot fade or a screen game. And you can, you can make hay in the NFL doing that. It's just the more savvy and nuanced stuff of the game. Haven't seen it not entirely to a fault of his own because Iowa's quarterback play uh, has been, let's just call it erratic from an accuracy standpoint and a yeah. timing standpoint. Um, so, you know, there's stuff that's that not just Spencer either. No, yep. no, it's not. It's Stanley as well. Um, more so Spencer this year, yeah. <laughs> early on, especially, um, but uh, Stanley as well. Um, so then that doesn't mean I'm not here to crap on Spencer. I, you know, there's still a viability for yeah. him being a solid starter, but uh, we're talking, NFL here, not a uh, college here. Um, so I guess college into the NFL. That's what makes this so much fun. All the projection, but uh, he'll, he'll get a shot. I, if I, the Broncos didn't double dip in the round one last year uh, with Jerry Judy and KJ Hamler, I'd say Amir Smith, Marset round five, round six, and he's there. Giddy up. Let's get yeah. some speed in this offense. Let's get some, let's attack vertically. Let's make play. Let's make explosive plays. Absolutely, man. All right, I'll need to quickly pause the conversation one more time with Nick to tell you about betonline.ag, the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at betonline.ag. Plus, this week is absolutely loaded with sports action. We got the Kentucky Derby, which is the first leg of the Triple Crown. That begins this week, and we also got the NFL Draft. There's so many prop bets you can do. I have a lot of money on a lot of prop bets. I'm excited about that. Plus, they got MLB, NBA, NHL, and all of your UFC and MMA action. Get all the latest news odds and info and your sporting needs at betonline.ag so before the next pitch before the next pick of the nfl draft tonight go over to betonline.ag on your laptop or your mobile device and check out all their great sporting news sign up for the bonuses and get all the interesting contest information that they have coming out don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for the runs to playoffs or begin building their teams through the nfl draft again go to their website sign up for a free account and the best part is you'll get a 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo code LOCKEDON, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-M, at betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Another wide receiver that I think you really have to work on projecting and I think is kind of um, an interesting spot because his testing was through the roof from an explosive perspective, but uh, ran a bit slower 40, which I think we all anticipated as well. Um, Brandon Smith. Brandon Smith is a guy who I feel like a lot of Iowa fans are saying, this guy is going to be great in the NFL. But I think there are some concerns there, right? It's the separation off the line. It is the fact that he didn't really have a lot of production this last year, which again, not 
exactly his fault, but he had some uncharacteristic drops as well. He used to be, you know, you feel like you could, he was always going to catch the ball, but I felt like there was a couple of concentration type of drops that he had. Um, but the biggest thing is guys like Brandon Smith, when he's six foot two, six foot three, we haven't seen those guys pan out as well the last couple of years. I'm thinking about like a Hakeem Butler is a great example of this, a guy who's a little bit bigger, maybe, and correct me if I'm off base here, but that was kind of my initial assessment of Brandon Smith is a guy who can go up and get contested catches, which is phenomenal, but he's not able to really create a lot of separation. And that's going to be a problem in today's NFL. Wanted to get your thoughts on Brandon Smith as a wide receiver. Yeah, I mean, Brandon Smith played X for Iowa. Um, he was pretty solid there. Another guy who was plagued by inconsistent quarterback play. I will go with that. Um, and that's been an issue for him. And that's been an issue for the entire offense. You hit the nail on the head though. It's, it's that speed, right? He ran a, I believe the pro day number was, let me pull it up right here. Four, six, two, which, you know, Iowa track tends to run fast pretty much in the NFL. If you run a four, seven at wide receiver, it's a non-negotiable. So four, six, two, isn't bad, but like what would it have been at the combine where it's standardized and everything like that, you know, you don't know. So it's really bumping up against that threshold where like, you're not making, you're not getting a chance in the league. If you run a four, seven. It just, that's just is what it is. And also you mentioned Hakeem Butler as a comp while they're both X's Hakeem Butler was like six, six yeah. and Brandon Smith is six, one and a, and a, a third. Yep. So under six, two. So uh, that's, that's a little bit different. He did, he did absolutely jump out of the gym. Um, he insane bunnies as the kids would say. And he's a, he's a strong kid. He's well strapped. Um, so I think he's going to get a shot in the league just because of that. I mean, the explosive numbers from the jumps, the vertical and the broad and how well he's built. Somebody's going to give him a shot. Maybe it will be more as let's see what he can do as a gunner or somebody in special teams. And if you can get anything beyond that, that's great. Um, but I think that's probably where you see him go. Will he get drafted? Uh, I mean, right now I'd say, seventh round to priority free agent. It's a small class this year. So he's going to sign on with somebody and he'll get a shot, but will he get drafted? I don't know. It's, it's pretty hard to project that it's, it's, this is one thing he does have going for him. It's a, it's a pretty small wide receiver class. There's a lot of slots. That's just the way the game's going. You know, teams running this air raid. Uh, he actually can play some X because he is very physical and has solid uh, length, good uh, wingspan and arm length and uh, can play above the rim. But Man, that that speed is uh, it was easy to see on tape. It was a d defining factor for him that, you know, with a good quarterback that can play with anticipation and throw some tight window stuff. Brandon Smith can win those situations. But, you know, how many times are actually teams throwing those types of football these days? Right. Because, you know, you're the NFL has never been a it's never been a league where they've limited turnovers as much as it is right now. And yep. you want to have guys that can separate whether they bring it route running or vertically down the field. And Smith just doesn't bring that as much. So there's, there's still a role for him. I have no doubt about that, but does, do I see him as a starter or, you know, full guy who getting a legitimate shot in the NFL? I don't know. I, I don't know. Yeah, no, I think that I think that's fair. I mean, a fair assessment all around. And I mean, um, as Iowa football fans typically do, right? We love our Iowa football players, and we mm -hmm. like to think they're going to be phenomenal. Another guy that I feel like is probably higher on Iowa Hawkeye fans, you know, theoretical board versus NFL scouts board is Alaric Jackson. Mm -hmm. um, and Alaric Jackson, a guy, when you look at just purely the fact that he started four years for the University of Iowa at left tackle, that automatically is going to raise my eyebrows in a good way. Right. He's also a guy who had some very high praise going into his junior season, a guy who was mocked as early as the first round and some of those way, way too early mock drafts. He gets injured. He kind of struggles a little bit. He comes back for a senior year. But I think what we're finding with Alaric Jackson is did he almost tap out on his potential? 
is there a lot more room for growth with the Larry Jackson? We've saw what we've seen from him. Um, he's not exactly the best against speed rushers. I wanted to get your, your thoughts on a Larry Jackson, where you feel like he will ultimately fall and what is his best position in the pros? And I mean, that's kind of a tough one. And the other, I guess I'm gonna ask you a three-part question in the right scheme with the right help. Do you think he could be an average starting tackle? I do not think he will develop into an average starting tackle in the NFL. And it's tough. Tackle is one of those positions where like a singular tackle doesn't make that huge of an impact on a game, game to game. But the, the actual guys that have the frame, the length, the movement ability in the NFL, I mean, there's only 20, 25 starting quality caliber tackles in the NFL at one time as it is. So while like a really incredible wide receiver might make a bigger difference game to game, that tackle might be harder to find. Yep. Um, and with Jackson, you ask about what's his position. He's going to probably going to have to play a tackle because I do not see the best ability to, you know, drop an anchor. Uh, sometimes he can get long armed by guys, but at the pro at the senior bowl, not the pro bowl, the senior bowl, he measured with, I think it was 32 and a half inch arm length. I don't know what to do with you, buddy. Like 34 is what you're looking for, for offensive tackles. And you know, you have somebody, Oh man, an inch and a half. Like we have data for 20 years showing like these, you want 34, you can live with 33. You don't see guys sub 32. I think there was one single tackle starting tackle in the entire NFL last year. No two, excuse me, two starting tackles in the entire NFL last year that had sub 33 inch arm length and uh, Braden Smith and Mitchell Schwartz doesn't mean he can't do it, but man, he'd be an outlier. And uh, it's already something against him on top of the other things that are already, already going against him and thresholds do matter. Yeah. You need a way to evaluate people. It's just like having a, G, you know, a GPA average to try to get into a different job, right? Like you need to have some sort of threshold to cut off that stuff. Yeah. I mean, I'm a data guy, you know that. And if I'm yep. looking for anything where I can find a probability to inform my decision, I'm going to lean into that. So it doesn't mean he can't do it, um, but he's going to have to have something to overcome that. And while his, like his three cone was really good, he moved pretty well. Um, he does have that starting experience, although he was a basketball player before football. So he's still a little bit raw to football, despite being a redshirt sophomore, which is weird. He's going to be 23 um, come July, uh, I, I believe. Yep. How do I remember random dude's birthday? That's right? impressive, by the crazy way. Crazy times. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> It's the NFL draft. Pulling out age out your butt. I'm like, I couldn't tell you at all. <laughs> age matters for the NFL draft. It does matter less so for offensive linemen because offensive linemen can play well, well into their careers. Like, you know, you're seeing Andrew Whitworth, who's going to be like 38 this year. It's not like cornerback or edge rusher or wide receiver where like once they hit 30, they might as well be like signing up for the uh, AARP. Um, <laughs> don't, don't tell that to the Von Miller fans out there. I mean, it's, he's still good. If you're a freak of freaks, you can get by. But most of the time, 30 years old, you know. Yeah, uh, man, that's that's. Hopefully, you're not thirty. I'm not. Uh, I'm about to be thirty. I, year, I so. am thirty, so I'm not offended. Okay. Dude. Like I have to like stretch every day when I get out of bed, so I don't pop yeah. my back out just from bending down. So, dude, I get it. Oh, <laughs> it's it's a crazy to be this age and have these young kids. I remember doing what doing this during the. I think the first draft I was really in was that Noshan Marino Robert Ayers draft for the Broncos. That would have been yeah. 2009. Um, so crazy times. But Alaric Jackson, um, <laughs> he's got that left tackle stuff going on. Sorry, just. My brain is all over the place with the Dude, draft. No, you're totally fine. I love it, man. Um, Alaric Jackson. Another thing going against him is because he's not like this no doubt starter on the offensive line. Something that you have to have. It's not. It's a non-negotiable. You have to have. It's flexibility. And can he be flexible? Can he be flexible with where he can play? Because it was there was more than one person who said last year with Tristan Wirfs coming out. Oh well, why is he playing right tackle? 
Nothing to do with Tristan Wirfs. Tristan Wirfs is fine. He could play left tackle. It had to do with Alaric Jackson's comfortability going from uh, that left position to the right. So uh, if you're not going to be a starting tackle, you best be able to play two, three spots along the offensive line. And I don't know about that with Alaric Jackson. He's a little bit high cut. Uh, Can he play guard? I I don't know. So he'll get a chance in the league. He's going to make money playing football. Like, don't get me wrong. He's a good player. And he'll have a career for, you know, five, ten years, maybe longer. But a starting tackle in the NFL, based on what I've seen and the the metrics surrounding him, probably not. He'll probably be a team's fourth guy, maybe can develop into a swing tackle. But, you know, I need to see more versatility. And uh, he's got some key thresholds that are going against him. Yeah, man. So where do you what uh, what round do you think he's going to go in? I could see him going anywhere from the fifth to the seventh round. Um, Again, that Iowa pedigree matters. He's not a bad mover at all. Some team that uh, probably run into more of a quick offense, quick pass offense, uh, running more zone concepts with the ground game will value him. Like he's, he's a solid mover in space. I think he does a good job reaching on the second level as well. I mean, you have to, if you're going to play tackle at Iowa, Uh, but uh, probably more of a guy you're taking to be a depth player, and be your fourth tackle maybe that can develop into some more swing ability over time. And, you know, the NFL team, especially with that 17th game season or 17 game season around the coming around the horizon, uh, you're going to, your depth is going to be shown more than ever. And if there's any, <laughs> any unit, because we're definitely in draft time talking this much about depth, but if you're offensive line, I'm very much a proponent of you're only as good as your weakest guy because NFL teams are good enough now where they can isolate a guy who doesn't belong and pick on him all game mm-hmm. long. Uh, so you, your depth is going to be shown no matter what happens over the season. So if Jackson can get to be a third or fourth offensive lineman, he's going to get a chance. He'll get a chance out there and he'll get some snaps in the league. I have no doubt about that. I love him, man. All right. And that concludes part one of our conversation with Nick. Come back tomorrow to hear about all of your other Iowa Hawkeye football players that you want to know about coming into this draft season. And tonight, the Locked On Podcast Network is partnering with the Draft Network to cover the NFL Draft live. Get insight and analysis from Locked On local experts and the Draft Network's national experts. Subscribe to the Locked On NFL YouTube page to watch live three-day coverage of the NFL Draft April 29th through May 1st. I'm excited to watch that. I'm excited to cover the draft. I love the love the draft. If you want to see my mock draft, let me know. Um, I have that. I'm not going to put it out unless anyone really wants to see it, which I can't imagine you all do. But again, we're covering the NFL draft tomorrow with Nick Kendall for part two, breaking down the other Iowa Hawkeyes we didn't get to today. And I appreciate you all tuning in. If you haven't had a chance to listen to some of our other episodes this week, I highly recommend you do that. We have Philip Rabracha on the show yesterday. We had Jeff Bowie on the show on Tuesday, and next week we have Patrick McCaffrey joining the show. So there's a lot of great content being pumped out by the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. Make sure to tune in and subscribe or follow wherever you downloaded this podcast at, and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Hawkeye Nation, I appreciate you tuning in. I appreciate your love and support. Have a fantastic Thursday, and let's go Hawks.